to a brand new episode of threes from the ring listen to wait damn tweaking but this your boy chris j on the real though but uh i'm watching uh fast lane as we're recording so you will get live takes uh as the last hour of this pay-per-view but anyway um of course i got my boy trail on here what's popping all right so if you've been living under a rock this week, pretty much um, NBA-wise, I'm going to just say it like this. The Lakers are done. It's official. We called it last week, but this week sealed the deal that it's done. It's over with. Finito, playoff chances, thin, literally. And it's very unfortunate as it is because it's a lot of fingers to blame and... It's a lot of takes that's very hot and all of that coming from mainstream media. Twitter, who cares? Twitter, that's that's the home of the hot take. So nothing really phases me on there. But media-wise, it's a lot of takes and a lot of wild finger-blaming. But it's very unfortunate. And also, before we go too far in this, prayers to Brandon Ingram. Because just yesterday, they said... They found a blood clot in his shoulder. And what it is, is pretty much the same thing that ended Chris Bosch's career. So I'm praying, definitely praying for the guy. Because too early for his career to just be over with like that. And stuff like that just dictates how wacky this season is for the Lakers in itself. So prayers to Brandon Ingram. I hope you have a full recovery this summer this offseason and all of that, and you come back stronger and it doesn't be a constant problem where you have to end your career before you even get to your big contract. So, but yeah, so anything you want to go ahead and say? The Lakers State. Dead ass. Uh, nah, it's, man, I don't know. I don't know if it was an injury bug that hurt a team that much. Like the Lakers got hit with it, they just shut the whole shebang down. Um, uh, it's Hello. crazy. I never would have thought it. Never would have thought it. We saw we go from four C all the way to competing with the Pelicans nah. for their drive pick. Hold on, my little brother's getting annoying. What? What? Close the door. Oh my freaking god! Don't come back in here. Mm. Told him um, don't come back. <laughs> but yeah, uh, that's my bad. You know, struggling. But um, yeah, just come from fourth seed all the way down to the what's that? The the the, the they what ninth or they not even ninth? I think they're tenth. Tenth, fighting for Dania touching eleven. Yeah, um, Bron. I really don't blame Bron himself for his defensive 
Um, like, and when he's like defensively bad, I like niggas want Bron to put up forty points per game, but realizes this nigga is thirty four is like hilarious. Uh, can't can't do the same thing with like James Harden because James Harden's in the smack dab in the middle of his freaking prime, and Bron is even though last year he was amazing, he's leaving his prime. He's literally there to be. To, to help the Lakers get another chip and then when Bron go, you know, to have a, a, a decent team when Bron is finally retired and stuff after this four or five years ago. So, I don't blame really Bron for any of this. Now, the way social media and the media flipped it, it seemed like Bron is the sure causing. No, it's not. It's legit injuries. Like, that team haven't had his real starting lineup since Christmas. Like, it hasn't had to, a consistent start of lineup since Christmas. Magic Johnson is incompetent at the moment. Luke Walton don't know what to do. Uh, Rob Polinka just seemed like a Magic Johnson yes man. Like, it's, it's weird. And the way that the clutch sports and stuff mm. happened, it was, it was, it was, it was, uh, it was just a, 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 a SHIT show. So, my thing is, it's gonna be weird to see a playoffs without Bron. Really, really weird because my whole entire basketball life, Bron was in the playoffs. I think what was the last time he missed the playoffs? Like oh seven. Two thousand four. Two thousand four. Well, his rookie year, and I think he made it. His second year, I think he made it. If not, if not, it was definitely his third year. It was the last time he definitely wasn't in the playoffs. So that means. So Daniel like, 07, Daniel six oh six. 06, so that means I was in fourth grade. So, um, yeah, crazy. Um, I am 23 years old. So, uh, it's just gonna be weird. It's gonna be. It's gonna make the playoffs even more exciting, though, because you don't know how the West is gonna end up with like the whole thing of Broad taking out of it. Because you know. Playoff Bron is a different Bron. I know he said, "Oh, playoff old intensity is activated." I'm, I didn't even believe that nigga when he said that stuff. Um, made for good memes though. But like Agreed. legit smackdown in the middle of a playoff, Bron always continues to shows up unless Jason Terry and JJ Barrera guard him. But if with him out of the playoffs, it it shows that like I don't know like teams like. Cause he, they was gonna, if they would have been the AFC, they was nine times out of ten gonna get slapped by the Warriors. But if they was gonna be the seventeen, the seventh seed, nine times out of ten, the Nuggets were gonna get exposed. And I'm praying, I'm praying hard the Spurs get the seventh seed, so Pop can expose the Nuggets for who they are and legit get exposed. But you know, Pop about to lose to the Warriors for like the the fourth straight year. So it's for the year. <laughs> he really is. Niggas like talking about Bron getting slapped by the Warriors. Pop been getting slapped by the Warriors ever since. <laughs> ever since 2016, bro. But, mm. uh, Grandpa bitch. But, um, uh, yeah, it's going to be weird. It's, it's, I know niggas are. I know the Nuggets, I got a side relief, and I know Steph Curry and them was like, okay, we ain't got to go against Bron in our first freaking round. So, uh, but anybody, if any, this is my thing. If anybody is doubting the skills of LeBron James, I know this is coming off like the real LeBron James praiseway, and it is. If anybody's doubting the skill of LeBron James and how he plays, and if he's like, you know, one foot in L.A., one foot out of L.A., like, nigga, no. The dude has been doing his 
off-court things for as long as he's been a mogul. He, and, and then he's not the only basketball player that does it. KD does it all the time, things of that nature. It's just that he's in L.A., and the media is more, in, in, you know, focused. <laughs> like, niggas, niggas, the, LA, the media in L.A. was big last year, and he wasn't even there. Like, they was all around Lonzo, so about him not having a jump shot and stuff. So, calling that nigga a bus. And for everybody that called Lonzo a bus, look at the Lakers record without him. So, that, that's, exactly. that, that speaks in itself. But, um, yeah, I, he's, he, he, he deserves a summer off. <laughs> I mean, a, a spring off or whatever you want to call it. He gets to go to Cancun early. But please take that NBA TNT interview. I, I need that bad. I need that bad. I need him and Chuck to argue like bad. Even though I think Chuck will be, you know, scared to even troll him while Brian is in his face. But I need that. I need that bad. Agreed. But I hear where you're coming from. And, but yeah, like this, like injuries is going to be the bulk of the problem. And it's, like I said, it's really unfortunate. Like, I, like it's really, you could really sit and argue that LeBron is probably third in terms of blame. But at the end of the day, this is LeBron James, the second greatest player of all time. And with that being said, that's the expectation still comes where it's like, hey, you should be good enough to at least drag this team to the playoffs, even if you get swept. We're not gonna be mad. You just you drag you got there. It's the fact that people will at least be happy you got there. And but that schedule, you could not drag that team to the playoffs with that schedule. Okay, it loses. To yeah, the with that schedule, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. But it goes back to the fact that the sheer fact that you're the number two player of all time. In like, he's in like, thirty freaking four. I don't. Okay, I get that. I get that. But he doesn't look thirty four. In terms, yeah, besides he the fact he got hurt. Deceiving, G. Like, Do you hear yeah, me? He can... Hear me out, nigga. I, how you gonna say his stats is deceiving? Hey, looks are deceiving. Looks are deceiving. You say he look, he doesn't look it, nigga. You can wheel a team all you want. He's like legit thirty four. He's old, bro. Like I'm not expecting LeBron James in the West to single handedly take that team to the playoffs. Which I understand. Let me. That was about to get to my point. I was gonna get to my point. So yeah, I like the expectation. Regardless, like yeah, he's thirty four, but he's still putting up like stats as if he's goddamn thirty. But yeah, but at the end of the day, it's like the expectations. That's but that's some. That's why some people are giving him the bulk of the blame because he's LeBron James, number two player of all time, the only person that people have the nerve to argue that's better than Jordan. Who have to ban, and that's a different conversation. There's other stuff, and I don't want to go there. But regardless of the fact, with the way that roster was constructed and everything. That was going to be a tough-ass mission regardless, especially when health is involved. Like, LeBron missed the most basketball games of his career over a groin injury. And then on top of it, like, he had to play his way back into shape. And then on top of it, every other every other game, you don't know who's going to be on the court. So that makes it tough to have an idea of consistency. Like, yeah, he dragged that Cleveland team last year to a fourth seed into the finals. Yes, he did that thing. But also, this is a not to even knock the East because last year the East was giving LeBron problems either way outside of Raptors. He swept them next. But he went to set seven twice 
first round in the in the conference finals. So literally, he still ha- he still struggled with the team that was there. He got there, but but on top of it, he knew what was there every night. Like even when they wasn't playing Tristan Thompson until game six or seven in that Pacers series, he knew Tristan Thompson was there. He has chemistry with the man. He knows he's gonna give him a big moment. Now with this Lakers team, where every other game you coming back from a major injury, and then you figuring out like, okay, one night I might not even have Ingram. Next night I might not have Kuzma. Oh crap, Rondo's not starting tonight. Oh, Rondo's being trash anyway. Oh, by the way, Reggie Book is starting now. Oh, we're not gonna run a point guard lineup. You're the point guard. You ain't going point guards. And then other than that, it's like you never had a consistency of a lineup to run with for LeBron to sit there and be like, okay, when I start the first quarter and the third quarter, these niggas going to be on the court no matter what. And literally, that's tough for a player when you already got to literally go through arguably a top three top three strength of schedule with the in the last – two months of basketball of the regular season. That's tough. That's really tough. And that's just looking at it in an in-depth look. Yes, should LeBron at least, should we expect that out of LeBron? Yes, because we've seen him do it with less at the end of the day. But at the end of the day, we never seen him do it where he was already fighting for 7-8 seed. Damn. Uh, shout out to this chaos. But, um, but we never seen LeBron do it for in the West. But also on top of it, in a situation where you're already, like, you went from fourth to, like, eight, nine. And you're fighting to hold on to that spot. And then you lost a very integral part defensively to your team. You lost your best young center. Your your best center, honestly, out of, from, out of petty veteran reasons on top of it. And then... Injuries at the end of the day. So, for LeBron, that's a lot of to go through. And I'm not going to sit and say, like, he don't deserve no blame. But at the same time, I want you to put Michael Jordan in that situation where he's coming off a major injury. And then, out of nowhere, now he has to, every other game is a different lineup. Every other game is a different lineup. On top of it, somebody's getting hurt during those games. On as well, while in a very tough conference, while having one of the toughest schedules to end the season, on top of it all, that's really going to be tough for any player. Like, yes, Jordan has that dog in him. That's what separates Jordan from a, a from LeBron at the end of the day for me is that dog, a killer instinct, where it's like it's there every goddamn game. When LeBron, he could casually give you 30, 10, and 7, casually. But when he has that dog, that 30, 10, and 7 is different. With Jordan's there all the time. That's what separates it. At the, that's what that's the main separating factor to me. But regardless of it all, to put the sole purpose on LeBron is kind of goofy. But he's still in the top three because in terms of what he has done and the expectation of Le, of what LeBron is, because he is the best player in the game. He is the best player in of this generation of this millennium. But like, Matt, okay. With that, what you being said, like, no, I agree with that. Fighting. Like, I agree with what you said, right? In terms of this is what he has done. But if you look at the grand scheme of it, like, he did the same thing he did last year. 
He played his game. Yeah, it's he's playing his game. Team. That team was not built around for Brock to succeed. Like when you have like James Harden was able to succeed uh, with that team he had when Chris Paul and Capella came out because everybody on that team is built to revolve around James Harden. Nobody on that Lakers team except for one dude, which is got darn well two and a half. Is and that's KCP. He wouldn't even make a shot. Hey, KCP like, was horrible. So like, like when you when you last year, LeBron had people who could shoot the ball for him. He had like and you got it with Kuzma, but like you said, health was off and on. And when Kuzma and LeBron yo, this, was playing, this together, match got chaotic as hell, G. I'm sorry because of this match they're fighting at the announcer table and every it's like they're all over place fighting, G. That's what's up. Let me uh, pull that up right now. But um but yeah, it's like literally they got how how do you say it? They that team. LeBron, it's been a while LeBron played with a point guard that can't shoot. It's been a while. It's been a while since Bron played with a um Brown played with a small forward that's that's that streaky. Cause he's been a small forward the whole entire time. You gotta stretch he he playing with, with Kuzma, that's a stretch big. Brown always played with stretch big. But he also have a he also have two mid 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 centers. And got darn JaVale McGinn. Um, the corpse of Tyson Chandler. <laughs> the corpse of Tyson Chandler. Which I understand, like, the Tyson Chandler was an insurance move in case you was able to trade JaVale or or in case you had a chance to do, you know, um, that in the days was slick. In case you had a chance to, uh, you know, set up a package for somebody want Tyson Chandler and stuff like that. I understand why Tyson Chandler was there. But for... For... Like, for as a LeBron team, a team that makes LeBron successful, that team wasn't it. Like, they was the worst at three-point shooting. Like, they was the worst at free throws. Like, that's not a LeBron situation. Because LeBron, what do he do? Drafts, kicks, ultimate playmaker. You can't playmake when four out of the five niggas on your team is doing the exact same thing you're trying to do, which is either playmaker get to the back. That's easy to defend. Because everybody's scared to shoot a three. Bron is extremely streaky from the three-point range. I don't even know why Rondo is trying to tempt him. KCP, KCP could make a shot to, <laughs> to save his life. It got to a point where Muggs can't even defend KCP at three sometimes. Right, like, KCP, I mean, uh, Reggie Bullock was me. Like, the best, the best shooter and the best Free throw shooter they traded, which was dumb. Well, technically, KCP no. was the best free throw shooter. Consistent. No, no, no what's McCollum was? No, but KCP was shooting close to 90. Zubak was oh, at 80. But I hear you, though. I do agree. He was one of their best free throw shooters. No, Zubak was all right, cool. But, you know, I just think the team itself wasn't built correctly. It was a poorly built team. You had P, you had. Nobody on that team was a consistent three-point shooter. It was a knockdown three where you need a three-point shooter. Like, who was? The, the only hope was KCP. And that's not happening. And then you arguably, you could say, you could argue that Rondo, when he was, I mean, not Rondo, I mean Lonzo, when Lonzo was making threes, like, I think he shot over 35%, which is solid. At times, he was their best three-point shooter. And it shouldn't be that way. <laughs> mm. 
Because I Yo, think this match is different, bro. Yeah, I told you. But, yeah, um, getting real chaotic. But, um... Yeah, I just, like, that's why I don't really, like, the song look like Brian is going to have his game. There wasn't a single bad Brian game to an extent. I think he had a bad game against, like, Memphis, though. Yeah, like, and he had some he, games he where he'd sit a, there and be like... So-and-so against, like, the LA Clippers. But there wasn't really a, a game where he was just like, oh, this nigga stinking up the joint. No. It's just like the team is hard to you it's hard to have a very consistent team when one your best player don't fit with it. Your best player don't fit the mold. Like every other team that we can state go to a, but the bar is and that's golden state. Oh wait, my fault. I was just having that clip ready. Like when James Harden when James Harden uh doing with the Rockets, like I said, that team is built for him. What Greek Freak is doing with the Milwaukee Bucks. That team is built around Greek Freak. Like you, all the teams that that's at the top has players, except for the Golden State Warriors and a little bit of the Nuggets, have a, a player and a team centric around them to make it better. That, mm-hmm. What they did with the what they did with OKC, they literally said, "Okay, we're going to work with Paul George and Russell Westbrook. We're going to build a team around them." So they got wing defenders out the goddamn wazoo. They got athletic, they got athletic niggas, bro. They got niggas who can shoot threes when they need to, bro. To the fact that Andre Robeson is a freaking afterthought. So, like, it's, it's, and then they got Steven Adams being the most consistent center in the goddamn league. So, with, with all that being said, those top teams had something the Lakers didn't have to even begin with. And it was actually shocked that they was fourth seed in the goddamn West anyway. Lakers really, Lakers really never had chemistry at all. Because they had they had technically four playmakers on the court at the same time sometimes, Joe. Which was a problem in itself. Four. Like, Nobody literally barely people can generate their own shot. Like Kuz could like I know Kuz was balling, but Kuz couldn't make his own shot. Kuz is literally like a dang near almost what like a god darn six nine six ten Clay Thompson. Like that's what he was. With cutting ability. Exactly. Like Brandon Ingram. He he can create a show shot to an extent, but in the beginning of the season, he wasn't he wasn't he wasn't balling. He had to pull his pants up and start when niggas started to get injured. Like and then you go to the bench. Michael Beasley ain't making a show shot. We managed to create his own shot, but it's streaky. They Zubac was doing good, but he ain't creating his own. So there was nobody they can go to that can say like, "Hey, bro, I need you to to be back up to Bron." They was literally getting lucky. They was playing good basketball. Yes. But getting lucky to that four seed. That team was not built to succeed at all Agreed. because how it was built around Bron. That's why I can't put Bron at number three. You got to go. You got to go injuries. You got to go magic. You got to go to Luke Walton because the fact that four playmakers on the court at the same time should not be a thing. If you want to put Bron at four, cool. But you also can put the complacency that LA had as a team at number four because they sat there and did nothing. After Lonzo, I mean, after, before the whole Lonzo injury, well, that, they that goes back to that goes back to Magic. Like, and then after that, there was no sense of urgency after Bron came back. Not one sense of urgency. Know how trash that goddamn record was. So you could go. It's, it's much more because, like I said, Bron's consistent. We put the blame on him because he's the bigger face right there. Of course. And then, like people would say, well, Lonzo had a better record. When before last year, well, last year there was no injuries. Exactly, like 
honestly, they could have snuck into the playoffs if Lonzo didn't. Because Lonzo missed a month. And then Ingram got hurt when Lonzo came back. So it was like they could have low-key snuck into the playoffs last year. And as you was talking, I was thinking, I'm like, I'll let you get your coughs off. Oh, yeah, the uh, shield one. But yeah, shield one. But uh, but as you, but I was thinking, though, like, if the Lakers were just smart, they should have just kept the same team they had last year and just threw LeBron on there. Like, Man. that exact same team, just throw LeBron on there. You didn't necessarily need it, the veterans of Rondo, Beasley, and um, yeah. what's that boy? And Stevenson. Like, I would honestly, I would have been mad if they just added Stevenson and, and all your, of that. And then your package for AD would have been so much better. Your AD package that you could have traded with. Then you could have gave them Brooke Lopez, Julius Randle, Cal Kuzma. Freaking Brandon Ingram and a... you would have got him. You well, then again, like, what's I, I'm strongly feeling that regardless that the, the Pelicans was not going to trade him this season, regardless. Like after True, just hearing everything, they wasn't going to trade him. Hypothetically, the I said better. Yeah, hypothetically, yes, yes, that's a better deal. Anyway. Like you think you think Washington wouldn't take that for Bradley Bill? Some of them players. Exactly, but like if you was to literally just throw, let me find, let me just find the exact team from last year, because I I will argue that literally if they just put kept that same team, like you made it, you might have lost Julius Randle, but you're using LeBron to play Julius Randle. Let's put it that way, but exactly. for salary cap reasons. But when you look at what Brooke Lopez did, like hold on, let me see, 2017 roster. Well, Brooke Lopez is a little mid. Well, he, he, in terms of, like, if they were to use him like how Brooklyn, even they used him, honestly, that's the main reason why Brooklyn got him. I mean, not Brooklyn. I mean, Milwaukee got him yeah. was well, because last year they turned him to a spot-up shooter. That's the main reason why. But last year, what was it, Rondo? I mean, Lonzo, I did not know they had Andrew Bogut on that team. Corey Brewer, man, yeah, I don't care. Uh, Thomas Bryant, that nigga's on the what you call it, the Wizards starting by the way, KCP Alex Caruso who honestly they should have just brought up from G League at the moment Rondo got hurt um, Jordan Clarkson was going to leave either way let's see, in terms of niggas I was on there okay so it would have been Lonzo, KCP um, Hart, yeah. Ingram Hart yeah, Lopez, Hart, Zubac. That's a legit center. Exactly. So, if they just literally replace Randall with, if they just replace Randall. Damn, that was it. That was the pay per view. Shit. All right. Cool. Um, but um, nigga, that pay per view was long as hell. But it was slot. We talk about that later. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, like if you just literally kept the same team. And literally just put LeBron for Julius Randle, you would have been good. You would have been good, honestly, because Brooke Lopez would have been the perfect stretch center. And like, yeah, he may not get rebounds, but heck, LeBron doesn't care. The man, I think, is having a career average at rebounds this year. So, like, the point of it all is what I'm trying to say is they could have kept the same team and just threw LeBron up for Julius Randle. 
and then probably yeah. made smarter decisions in who they picked up in free agency because mm-hmm. like even when like magic like when they at, at the end of the free agency when they made the decisions of who they were going to get Matt, let me just play this clip of magic lion real quick so so we already know everybody's for us you know we're just trying to have a great season get into the playoff and then we'll see what happens you know and so you're not gonna out golden state golden state everybody's talking about the lakers don't have shooting oh we got shooting but we saw all the teams in the playoffs that had shooting they got beat that's right so let's let's break it down really had two great shooters but boston took the shooters out and who ended up winning Boston and they had a lot of guys that can break defenses down and shoot and that's why it, and they were committed to the defensive end that's why Boston advanced advanced all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals and so and they did that without two of their best players out See, I watched every series right so I built this team based on what happened in the playoff you don't build the team just for the regular season you got to build it for the playoff as well and then we saw what houston did right houston didn't have a bunch of great shooters they had some shooters but they had a lot of guys that can handle the basketball and break the defenses down and create their own shot you know and so they go all the way to take golden state to seven games so and then Houston had tough guys. Boston had tough guys. Right. So what did I bring in? Right. Tough guys. So, so I'm gonna cut it right there. So as you listen, especially the end, what really blew me is when he said we brought in tough guys. Nigga, you brought in Ray John Rondo. I will call him the fake news tough guy. Fake news tough guy. Javel McGee, not really a tough guy. And Lance, yes, is a tough guy. He's more of a troll than anything. But them niggas don't shoot. They don't shoot. Neither none like they're not good shooters. Let's put it that way. And can Rondo create his own shot when he's wide the hell open? Because niggas play for his pass than his layups. Honestly, so it's like nigga, you sold niggas on lies. And one thing I would respect Magic for, he sold the hell out of that. But he proved he he literally said we got shooting shooting where. Like, Lonzo's working on his jump. That's all he could do is work on his jump shot, which improved this season. Ingram's a very inconsistent shooter. Kuzma is above average shooter himself. And then you brought in non-shooting ass niggas, but you, but you brought them in for toughness. The team was already tough as is. They played everybody tough last year. They wasn't no bitches. Like, they was no bitches last year. So, what's this meaning of bringing in tough guys? I don't get that. And then, just like, he really sold everybody on, hey, we're going to, like, you kept saying four playmakers. I agree. Like, when I looked at that roster, I'm like, this is a weirdly constructed roster, but I believe LeBron can work with it. He'll find a way to work with it. And honestly, I feel like if Luke, this also proved, this is a, and honestly, yeah, you're right. I, I honestly should have Luke Walton number two. In my blames, cause like it's really honestly, it's Magic, Luke, injuries, then LeBron, or I tie LeBron and injuries together, depending on how I feel. But honestly, like this goes back to Luke Walden because I'm like this, sh- like Mugs, he literally got hired because the when the Warriors went 
when Steve Kerr was out in the beginning of the 73-9 season and they went like 40-1 and one or some shit. Like mm-hmm. they, they had a ridiculous record with uh, Luke Walden. To me, this further proved that Luke Walden was not really – he was just more like just run the offense that Steve taught y'all and Steph, do what the hell you want. Draymond, do what the hell you want. Literally. Literally. that That's what it proved because there was niggas literally saying that – Luke Walden was a better coach than Steve Kerr. That is a goddamn lie now. And whoever said that, you, you nigga, hold on. I'm stupid. Use your common sense. Please. Because it's a lot of y'all that owe Steve Kerr an apology, honestly, for that. If you thought Luke Walden was a better coach than Steve Kerr. Because them niggas are still doing it with a lot less in terms of death-wise. And they're still number one. But And they're not trying, by the way. But... When a lineup like that, where you have a bunch of playmakers, not a lot of shooters, you need to encourage ball movement. And there was, I feel like there was no point where I felt like it was a very ball movement based offense. Like you have to play a lot of motion based offense, a lot of cutting, a lot of movement, constant movement for it to work. And you had the passes to make it work, but you, I feel like it was never really implemented. It was never really implemented. And that falls on Luke Walden for not really working on your personnel because what he did instead was turn let LeBron run loose with the offense, turn Lonzo into a spot-up shooter, and then keep Ingram at the three-point line. And then and that, and I think KCP was starting at this point and let KCP and Lonzo be your shooters. When it should have been a more motion-based offense that way and also encourage Lonzo and LeBron to split the uh, ball possessions, point guard duties, and where I feel like mostly it should have been Lonzo as a whole. But, like, that fall, like, what I'm trying to say, that falls a lot on the coach because I don't care if LeBron is on my team. Yes, I understand you want to get the ball off uh, LeBron's hand a little bit more to conserve him offensively and all of that. But I feel like that was never really encouraged. And Luke Walden got holed by the veterans and LeBron into, like, giving LeBron the ball most of the time. And then instead of letting Lonzo be secondary ball handler, you let Ingram be secondary ball handler at times. Which is stupid at the end of the day. So with, like, at the end of the day, I feel like this team was horribly constructed, horribly had a system that implemented everybody when healthy, and then even when you started losing less of the ball handlers, you didn't even play the shooters that you had. Like, when the Lakers was actually the fourth seed, they played a lot more shooters, when you think about it. Like, when Rondo was hurt, I think their best stretch basketball was when Rondo was hurt, honestly. And, like, they had to play Savi, which they should, who they should have not got rid of. Like, I understand getting Reg Bullock, no matter how you feel about him, but I understand the purpose of it. But I feel like that was more of a desperation move. You should have kept Savi because you needed shooting. You should have played Mo Wagner more. He's a shooter and all of that. Instead of literally forcing a lineup where literally JaVale McGee's tanking up the hole, Tyson Chandler's tanking up the hole from Lonzo, from LeBron, from Ingram for getting to the hole and helping the space on the floor. And... Like, that's why I feel like Luke Wallace definitely going to get fired. Well, he is already confirmed he's getting fired, so you're out of here. But you are set You set yourself up to the extent where it's like 
you had players, you had shooters. So in a way, Magic necessarily didn't lie. He had they had young shooters that Luke Walton didn't want to play. A Mo Wagner, Savi, and all of them. Like they just sat there. And then you played Zubak solely because JaVale McGee uh had got caught pneumonia. And all that. He got sick. So it was like you played Zubak and then you literally your lineups was just so inconsistent. Like there was never a point of consistency with that team. Never was. And that falls a lot on him. And then, like, you, and then you never hired a shooting coach. I... Stupid. Use your common sense. Who doesn't? What team doesn't have a shooting coach? This is the L.A. goddamn Lakers. When I think of the Los Angeles Lakers who are in L.A. that are consistently one of the most, uh, like, consistently making money and you do not have a shooting coach? I, I don't know who's the – if I could find who are the worst three-point shooting teams, I'm sure the Lakers are down there. But I'm pretty sure it's teams that don't even – that have a less shooting than the Lakers did that are higher than them and they at least have a shooting coach. That's why you couldn't make free throws. That's why you were surprised the Mugs couldn't really have a consistent shooting rhythm because you don't got a shooting coach. Why? Why? That's, I feel like that's basic. That's basic. You're a professional team. And you don't have a shooting coach. And your training staff needs to get fired, by the way. Like, like literally. Like, it's it's going to be an interesting cleaning house because Luke going to be gone. And literally, your training staff got to go. You're L.A. And you don't have at least the most high-quality shooting coach in the market on top of one of the best training staff. That's stupid. So, yeah, like, it is what it is. They're not going to make the playoffs. And I understand them trying to, like, tank to get the best pick possible because if the it's a good chance the NBA will look at them and be like, you know what, give them a top five pick if they're bad enough. They're going to be in the top ten the way it's looking now. But if, if they slip in the top ten, I mean top five, If I'm New Orleans, I'll be like, I'll listen to them niggas. Because at this point, it's looking like, not to put this in a negative way, Brandon Ingram with the blood clot situation kills his trade value drastically. Drastically, that kills his trade value. Because that's a major health situation. That's a life or death type situation. You don't know how, like, it's not in fact that he can't come back, it's whether he be able to come back for the long term. Because Chris Bosh came back twice, and it came back twice. So it's like, it's not whether oh, he could come back and play. It's whether or not it's going to stay away. That's the problem. So if I'm New Orleans or any team, I'm like, yeah, Brandon Ingram, that's a little shaky. Because, yeah, we know he got talent. We, like, we seen him play when they were trying to make the playoffs. He played, he hooped. He hooped. So it's like I'm shaky on whether or not like we make this interest. He's already go- he's our interest his uh, restricted free agency year. So do is he gonna be on the court? We would love to give him a four or five year contract, but is he gonna be on the court? So like his trade value just plummeted. So in a way, you need that to be a, the best pick possible. 
because that if it's a top five pick, that's worth two players in my book, especially in how good this draft is. That's a, this is a very good draft. So in terms of talent, you can get a generational talent off that pick, and even if you want to keep it, you still have you're getting a good talent regardless. So, but yeah, it is what it is, and. As I close out what I have to say, Tank and LeBron, please don't get hurt while these niggas are trying to tank. And Kuzma, stay healthy. Alex Crusoe, take Rondo's starting spot for the rest of the season, please. And that is all. I'm done, too. We got something. All right. Uh, what else do I have on this? Uh, let's talk about uh, – I want to talk about uh, our boy – the Warriors, real quick. <laughs> Honestly, they played two. They played two, three games of rough basketball, and Clay Thompson came back against the Nuggets and gave him ass hell. <laughs> I need people to put respect on the fact the Warriors play hard when they want to play hard, and they gonna give niggas buckets when they want to give them buckets. Cause niggas really sat here and saw, thought that 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 the Warriors was going to go lose to the Nuggets. And I predicted Clay was going to drop at least 40. He dropped 39, but I was close. And all I'm going to say is, I need niggas to stop believing in the Nuggets, G. There's nothing to believe in. There's nothing to believe in. Nothing. None at all. And I need y'all to stop it now. So, anything you want to add on to that? No. Oh, uh, my bad. I was reading Trash Westerland Twitter. Um, I don't know why. It's really bad, by the way. But, oh, um, yeah, I agree with everything you're saying. Uh, the way that that the Warriors play, it's just, you know, they got inspired basketball going, Joe. That's a legit move for them. It's inspired basketball. And I don't see anything wrong. My whole thing is that report coming out, and it's like the fifth time this year that the boys believe KD walking. So, oh, yeah, I saw that. If, I, if, I, if I'm KD, don't walk. Literally. Please do not go to New York. Even though his career will be way, it'll be like, it'll be magnified by the East because the East is so goddamn easy. Oh, by the way, the Warriors uh, is about to lose to the uh, the Suns. And like I said, I don't care. Like, Clay Thompson did a goddamn. First dunking that game, like <laughs> they probably not trying to see the Spurs in the playoffs. <laughs> Who knows? But um, that Spurs team I, doesn't scare nobody. <laughs> what'd you say? That Spurs team isn't really that scary. Not in my yeah. But uh, I'm just giving hypotheticals. Um, uh, I don't know. Like I don't really, I don't really see a problem with um. The Warriors, like, they don't have a bench, and their team is built for playoffs. KD said it himself, that's all we care about. You know, their team is definitely built for the playoffs. So I, I'm going to look at this. Uh, We're going to look back in a while. Steph Curry and KD both got 40 points against the Portland Trailblazers or something. He's going to laugh. I'm like, look. I'm like, y'all told me. And then got darn um Draymond Green block his unblockable step back niggas which is Ben like, Simmons huh. did with ease what you say which Ben Simmons sent to hell yeah so like it's man 
Who cares at this point? Agreed. Uh, oh, the Suns take down the Warriors in Oakland. Their first win over the Warriors in five years. Mm. And Devin Booker almost had a triple-double. 37-8-11. Okay, they do have to hold this because they was up. the Warriors was up at 18 and they got lazy. Yeah, they just don't give a damn. It was like, okay, yeah. move on. <laughs> like, look. Like I said, Warriors just want to make sure they're healthy at this point. But, yeah, like, they're going to be fine. But, yeah, Yeah. shout out to the Bucks losing tonight. Oh, yeah, uh, shout out to the uh, Timberwolves. Uh, Shout out to uh, my man's D-Rose. Solidifying the fact that he's going to win six man this year. That man carried them. Carried them. Wait, did this nigga get hurt tonight? He only played seven minutes. Who? Rose. And they still won. Uh, Taj Gibson dropped 25 on the Knicks. They got to hold that. And the Knicks sh- should have just bought out um, DeAndre Jordan. That nigga only played 15 minutes. For what? Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? They should have just bought the man out. Like, shoot. Like, just do it. But also, Joel Embiid is back as well. Uh, he dropped 33 on a, a Sixers tonight. <laughs> Sent them niggas to hell. And but anyway, but that's all. Oh, yeah, I gotta have my dialogue about Kobe as well, real quick, which is necessary. So, the reason why I'm about to have a dialogue on Kobe, and it's because okay, Jordan, I mean, LeBron passed Jordan on the scoring list against the Nuggets earlier this week, and which got overshadowed completely by the fact that the Lakers are trash. But it shouldn't be something that should be overlooked at the end of the day because that's still a huge accomplishment because you passed Jordan. And passing Jordan, anything is damn near impossible. And you, at the end of the day, you put some respect on it. But I don't need people. I need people to stop putting Kobe in the top, in the GOAT conversation. Please. There is nothing that Kobe has done that makes him better than LeBron besides winning five championships. And honestly, he won two alone. And technically, he could have won if it wasn't for Paul Gasol. So in a way, thank you. Also, Paul, Paul Gasol, thank you for making sure Paul Pierce only has one ring. Thank you. But if we won't keep it, if you want to put, like, you can't even be in the GOAT conversation if you're not the best in your position on top of it. And it's a huge, huge gap of scale between Michael Jordan and Kobe. And literally, just because Kobe does the same moves as Jordan doesn't make him better than Jordan or even on comparison of Jordan. You're being a copycat. That's like like literally, Westbrook is a carbon copy of Derek of MVP Rose. That don't mean he's better than MVP Rose. He's just a carbon copy in terms of athleticism. Like, to me, Zion Williamson is a com- carbon copy of goddamn Corey Maggette, fat ass nigga that literally draws fouls and athletic as hell. That don't well, he's gonna be better than Corey Maggette, but that don't mean like, like. Carbon being a copy of the goat doesn't make you a good player. I mean, a, a better or even on terms, on par. Like if we was to look at Kobe, let me pull up Kobe's goddamn stat line. I mean, career accomplishments, because in in light of LeBron, I feel like it's not better. The man only has one MVP off the top of my head, and you. Uh, I will stick by this argument. You can still argue that Kobe was never consistently the best player of his era. Mm-hmm. Never was. You can argue that it was Tim Duncan. You can't not sit and look me in the face and think 
that oh yeah it was Kobe it was Kobe and everybody else. That's goofy because it got to a point where if you can argue that so and so was better than you, you wasn't the best player in your generation. Mike was pound for pound the best player of his generation of of his era. There was nobody else. You can say you can say Hot King was number two, but it was still at the end of the day. It was Hakeem had like a god. Hakeem didn't even have a long stint as being great. Like he didn't even have a long stint as being number two, G. Because niggas came, and Shaq came up right after him and took that spot. Like exactly. right after that, bro. Exactly. Exactly. So as I'm still pulling up these, because I want to have a solid comparison. Well. Well, you want to say this, like, my thing with Kobe, Kobe is Tracy McGrady with the team. Like, real shit, it just a scoring ass nigga. We had great teammates going. Like, there's has been times when Kobe got slapped in the playoffs. There has been times when, like, if you want to keep it buck, like, legit, Tim Duncan was the best in the West. And it shows. Got five rings because of it. And you, you say all five are his, besides the one that Kawhi won. That was more because of Kawhi and probably in the greatest scoring offense of all time because them niggas did not miss a shot. But even still, that's four. That's four on your own and then still got one with help. So it was like, yeah. come on now. Come on now. Like, like, you can, like, literally. So as I got these up now, so let's look at what Kobe has achieved. 18-time All-Star, three of them you could put with a three with a, a huge asterisk, two-time scoring champ, five-time NBA champ, two alone, 15 All-NBA, 12-time All-Defensive, which I've called overrated, um, four-time All-Star MVP, two-times Finals MVP, one MVP. So in comparison to LeBron, one scoring champ, three NBA titles, 14-time All-NBA, which he's going to make 15 this year. Six-time All-Defense, which is about accurate. Uh, All-Rookie Team, three-time All-Star MVP, three-times Finals MVP, four-times MVP, plus has Rookie of the Year. And you can sit here and confidently say from, let's see, whenever LeBron wins, when did he win his first MVP? Can I get that? I think it was 07. Oh, oh, or oh, eight. I gotta look and see. He averaged crazy ass number job. It's it was like twenty seven. He, I think he did them doing the same thing. No, what wasn't he like twenty five or something like that? He was young. Hold on. He was young as heck. Here we go. He won All Star MVP. Oh, he didn't win his first MVP till two thousand eight. From that point on, you can argue that he was the best player in the NBA until even to this day. But it's more of an argument now. Like some people will put KD there, but you can still, but it's still an argument. But you couldn't argue that LeBron was the best player from 08 for like literally till last year. Still, and even then, this year you can still say he's up there. It's just, it's just literally what happened this year, season wise. Like, there's no point where I could sit there and say, okay, Kobe was, quote was literally ungodly the best player besides his MVP year. Even then, LeBron was starting to get in the conversation. KD, I mean, not KD, Tim Duncan was still in the conversation. 
So that's like I can't call you second best of all time. I could barely put you in my top five because you wasn't the best player of your generation. Tim Duncan was in terms of legacy, in terms of play on the court, and in terms of winning. He has a better finals record on top of it. Kobe lost twice in the finals, almost three times. And also, if y'all want to use the Game 7 logic that y'all love so dearly with Michael, then, which is not a bad argument, by the way, Kobe has seen Game 7s consistently. Consistently. His, 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 his fifth final came from literally a Game 7, which he played horrible. So, no, keep... Keep Jordan and Kobe out the conversation. Keep Jordan. I mean, keep Kobe out the conversation with Jordan. They don't deserve to be in the same sentence. Besides, who are the most biggest psychopaths? And even mm-hmm. then, Michael Jordan uh, flirted with the mafia to kill his daddy. Kobe raped a bitch. To me, the bigger psychopath here is Michael. The mafia ain't no joke, and they took his daddy. They took his daddy. Come on now. So, yeah, that all I got to say is, yes, that's Kobe's number two shooting guard ever. Easily. Yes. Yes. But you can't be number two and be in, the conversa- in your position and be in conversation because you're a carbon copy of another player. And even then, you're the poor man's version of that player. The poor man's version. Because if you want to limit Jordan to just scoring, yeah, they're about equal. In terms of who's the craziest person, they're about equal. But who's the greatest winner? It's still going to be Michael. Still going to be Michael. Still. Who's the better defender? Michael by a boatload. Because I feel like Kobe's still the most overrated defender ever. It's just literally he played hard. And he, quote unquote, always defended the best player on the other court. On the and other side not, of the court. And, and it's not like it you know, revo- uh, resulted minions of W's because literally after Kobe's last championship, can you look up what age he was when that happened? Uh, let me see. Let me pull up Kobe again. Last championship was in 2010 or 2011. Let's see. Leadership awards. Let's see. Um, Let's see here. Let's see. I want to say, damn, where was it? Let me just Google it. But yeah, like, let's see. Kobe, you said his age or what year? His age. Age and last NBA. Oh, last championship. Let's see. Damn, just give me how old was Kobe in his last game? What years did Kobe win? Let's see. Oh wait, here we go. Basketball reference. Uh, stuff like this is always crazy to find. You gotta dig, dig for this shit. Um, that championship was in 2011, 2010. If I recall right. This type of stuff. He was 32. Okay. 
now compare LeBron James' 32 to his 32, which I think he was still in the finals. Now, what happened to him? What happened to him after that? What happened to Kobe after that, after his last championship? Uh, he got swept by the Dallas. He got swept mm-hmm. by Dallas. LeBron was in the finals at that time. And then he quote-unquote, 2012-2013, what year was that? Didn't they make the playoffs that year? I don't think they like they yeah they made the playoffs and got eliminated in the first round like that was the year that was the last year Kobe made the playoffs was 2012-2013. and they got and slapped. he was what thirty four yeah oh that sounds eerie familiar yeah and you could argue that LeBron still has the better like like literally he willed the team but you can if He's I was still in the finals was that eight nine years in. A- yeah. You don't do that off of just being mediocre. Yep. Real like, that's dish is getting real disrespectful, dude. Agreed. Like that you don't do that stuff. People live too much in a moment and don't look at the force. Like, yeah, I don't see why people don't put Kobe. It's honest, like Kobe was never the best player and he was never dominant. There was never a time Kobe was dominant. Brown was dominant. Yeah, he lost to the better team. Only how Brown could be the legit better team. That's everybody, but is a bigger extent when it comes to Brown because legit, he lost us. He lost to perfect ball ball movement Spurs, and then he lost to he lost a perfect ball movement Spurs with better three point shooting Golden State Warriors, bro. Like legit, that's the only he only. And then he beat him once. He beat him, and then <laughs> yep, he beat him once. Took him to seven to the point where they had to get KD. Exactly. And it took them to one. One was supposed to go to. They were sweeping anybody in the finals, but was able to get one game out of the first year and got swept the second year because their second best player was Cal Corbin. So, like, you. I don't. I, that's why I mean, like, I don't. This whole Kobe thing is just stupid. Like, he was never. Broadway has been dominant. A whole Eastern Conference was at a halt for eight years because GMs and coaches and owners couldn't believe they could build a team around beating LeBron. So niggas tanked and waited till LeBron got older. Legit, waited. Hell owns the superstars till LeBron got older. It's disrespectful. Literally, as soon as Brian left the Easter car, niggas just start trading. Niggas start, niggas start building actually contender teams because maybe they can get to an Easter Conference final, or maybe they can actually get to a finals for the first time. So this is why, like, I, I don't. This whole Kobe thing is is disrespectful. It is. It really is because, like I said, Kobe's not even in my top five. And honestly, I think I had. If I if I didn't, I strongly believe Tim Duncan is the better player, better leader, like literally, easily. And you can argue that literally once again, if Tim Duncan wasn't the best player during that time, Kevin Garnett was in the conversation. T Mac was in the conversation for him, even though he was getting clapped in the first round, he was still in the conversation. Like, it should never be a point where you can sit there and say, so-and-so was also better than you. 
or on par to you. Never. Yeah, there was never a point in Bron. There was never a point in Jordan. Like it, it was, was never Bron. It was like, Bron, and then who's your number two? It was never oh Kobe, but oh wait, no, you gotta put Tim Duncan right there. No, you gotta say Kevin Garnett. Oh wait, no, well Dirk is right there too sometimes. Well, oh man, then LeBron is coming too. There was a gee, there was a year where you can literally argue that Dwayne Wade was the best shooting guard. During Kobe's prime. During Kobe's prime, Dwayne Wade was a better shooting guard. And this is post Shaq uh, Wade, by the way. Before LeBron got there. Where Wade had to wheel that Heat team to the playoffs. Wheeled them niggas. So, I don't want to hear, oh man, Kobe should be uh, in a conversation. No. No. Because when you put his accomplishment next to Jordan, it's sad. When you put his accomplishments head to head to LeBron, yeah, you can make some arguments in areas, but LeBron's is better at the end of the day. And niggas bring up that dog mentality. Well, Kobe was a dog. Allen okay. Iverson was a dog, nigga. Iverson was a dog too. Look what they got him. And that dog mentality stuff is different because niggas' game is different, bro. Like, yes, what's your whole motive is to score? And Jordan is the only exception to that because I believe Jordan did much more than score, but Kobe was legit. Whole thing was to score. No, nobody ever comfortably said Kobe was a fantastic teammate. Never. I say he's a great leader, but never a great teammate. It's a difference. Leader? It's a difference. Kobe was about to fight him. Like, come on, man. Like, I don't never was Kobe a fantastic. Niggas legit holding on to nostalgia. Saw Kobe hitting wild once in a lifetime literally didn't hit that many and figured he was good. He he had it. It was our generation of what people how niggas who wasn't allowed to see Jordan, that's who they saw. It was Kobe. Exactly. Which is not a bad thing. But being a copy when you, you could literally, nowadays you could look up the original and be like Jesus Christ. Yeah. I can't sit there and say uh, Kobe was on par. Kobe was doing the exact same shit but Jordan was making that shit. Jordan was Jordan could literally do whatever the hell he wanted on the court. That's what separate. That's that's why Jordan is number one. That is why Jordan never lost the finals. That's why Jordan never almost lost the finals. And all of that. And even then, mm-hmm. you want to use the dog factor. Magic never necessarily was never a dog. Like yeah, he played tough in the air where it was okay to freaking elbow somebody in the head. Literally. The man kissed Isaiah Thomas on the cheek and then and then elbowed him. That like literally, like okay, cool. But like literally, Kobe, in my book, yeah, he had he, it, being a dog. Don't necessarily like it's a lot of dogs. Kevin Garnett was a dog. Only has one championship, one MVP. So it was like okay, Terry Rozier is a dog. Nigga barely got the court for Kyrie. So it's like okay. Okay, like you, you a dog? Cool. It's a lot of dogs, a lot of dogs, and a lot of them is a lot of bark. So it's like I don't like. Okay, cool. There's a lot of all-time legends that. Okay, so I'm sure what Chandler was a dog. His sex record shows it. Ten thousand women supposedly. Still lost the goddamn Bill Russell. And his gang of niggas. He had a gang of niggas. But with that being said, that's a good uh, transition. So before we get into wrestling, let's talk about 
and I was inspired by this by the I made a tweet earlier this week where somebody said, "Well, uh, Zebo was the, uh, Boogie don't pick on people with his own size, and that um, Zebo when Zebo gave him the smoke, he didn't want to do nothing." And I said, Zebo is a top three GD of all time, which is still blown up, by the way. Shout out to everybody that showed me love and with that tweet. But if you don't know that NBA has a lot of niggas that's, that has gang ties or has done gang shit as a whole. Zebo being the most notorious of them all because if you remember, um, the man literally, when, when Cribs was popping, I don't know, and he was an all-star level player, so he deserved to be on credits, by the way. But you can see a picture of Larry Hoover in his basement. And I think on the pool table, the six-point star was on there, G. That nigga's GD till he die. So, but this inspired me to do, us to do a topic of, or a quick ranking of, our top five gang members in NBA history. And... So let me pull up my list, unless you just want to just read read it read it off, and all of that. But uh, my first player, my number five, I'm putting is Monte Ellis, solely because that nigga consistently put up GD at all times. Consistently, that man consistently put up the folks whenever he could. I saw him shake up the folks with a few players, and he has it tattooed all over him. He necessarily does has no crimes. But at the same time, the man is a well-known, respected GD amongst the community. So I'm, that's maybe I put Monte Ellis on there. Uh, let me see, number five. Uh, who the heck was my list? God, Donnie, where's my stuff at? Hello, 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 hello. But while we discussing and Detroit's looking, I my uh, honorable mentions is um Jr. Smith, uh, because of his uh gang ties. And some of the wild stuff he did while he was with Denver, a lot of wild stuff. And I don't know how he never really lost, uh, got suspended or still in the league. Shout out to you, JR, for doing that. And uh, we got to throw another honorary uh, member in there. It's Derrick Rose, uh, GD, GD folks Rose. <laughs> yeah. if, you know the, if you know the picture, you know the picture. And another uh, honorary mention I put is uh, Big Lord and Little Lord, uh, Kevin Garnett and Patrick Beverly. Westside Chicago mm. Vice Lords uh, out here all day. So same people you mentioned for your honorable mention. My uh, my goes to, uh, to Tony Allen has security at his Chicago games, bro. Real mm. nigga out there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> go ahead. That's all I gotta say. Nigga has security. First year he had to have security. I think, sure. they, I think he still has security, G. <laughs> but uh, my number four is Karan Butler. When I read up on Karan Butler, I was like, wait, this nigga was doing that? <laughs> he was down here, G. That man was out here, G. That man was in Juvie Hall getting in gang fights, dealing drugs and all of that. Like, he was out here, G. They never, they never said what gang he was associated with, but they said he was in a lot of gang-ass shit, G. So, shout out to Karan Butler. And turned his life around completely. Because literally, like, when I look at Karan Butler, I don't think of, yeah, that dude, that little dude looks suburban as hell. Like, so, no, Karan yeah. Butler's my number four. Agreed. Same thing for me. So, uh, number three, I put Zebo. number three. Same reason as I, as I introduced the topic. He's the most notable of the gang members of the NBA. Zebo, 
GD folks, the man is about that life. And I think a lot of people are legit scared of folks. So nobody who nobody wants I don't think nobody ever gave one smoke with Zebo. Ever. Ever. Even a fake tough guy's knows not to even do that with Zebo. So number three Zebo for me. Uh for me, um I I'm shoot, I got Zebo at number two. I got Karam. But no, you just have Karam, brother. I got um uh what's his name? Um 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 Monte Ellis at three. Cause like you said, same thing, exactly what you said, bro. In that first thing. Right. And then he's country. He's a country GD. He ain't a Chicago. Oh, dude. yeah. Them country GD's different, different G. Yeah, different breed. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, definitely for that. Uh, right. Let me say my number two, because you said, it, like, Zebo, uh, literally a different nigga. Uh, literally has no one ever really actually tested him. He's known. He throws gang signs whenever he wants to. Uh, not only that. Just a big old nigga out there game banking, bro. Like literally. So I that's Zebo is definitely my uh my number two. Yeah. So my number two might shock you, because my number one is a little shocker, but my number two is uh Javaris Crenton. <laughs> so if the, you don't know who, who Javaris I I know uh Tony Allen's my number one, but I'd explain why. Uh-huh. But Javaris Crenton, G, <laughs> that man. Went to the NBA. He was a Laker, I think, for a season. The man joined the Bloods, I think. He joined the Bloods, right? It was the Bloods. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. The nigga joined the Bloods and literally his first year in L.A. And then proceeded to be about that life. Proceeded to kill somebody. Proceeded to get kicked out the league because he pulled a gun out on Gilbert Arenas, which got Gilbert Arenas kicked out. Well, not necessarily kicked out the league, but kind of outcasted out the league as well because putting a gun out on a teammate over some money g over a card game g and then he actually murdered somebody he's in jail for murdering a woman g on top of it all like that nigga is a different breed like he accepted the game culture in his young life and said, you know what i'm gonna live this shit while also being the nba and the nba said oh no 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 sir you going to get that shit out of here but He's my number uh, two. Yeah. My number one, because he gave up his goddamn banging and still proceeded to bang as he left the league. Even Proceed. though it ruined his life, he was like, he didn't say, I'm going to go overseas and finish this stuff. The nigga proceeded to bang after he left the league, bro. The man lost millions of dollars, G. <laughs> that's why I had to pull the number two. This is, and that's why I put Tony Allen number one, because Tony Allen was legit about that life. Mm-hmm. The nigga was robbing people out here in Chicago, G. He was out here. He probably got some <laughs> bodies for all I know. He was out here banging, G. I, they never did. They say what uh, Tony Allen was because nah. each yeah. So they never He's specific. From the West Side, so he... he might be a lord. I wouldn't be surprised if he a lord. So like he like most of the Chicago niggas that's in the league are literally vice lords, but um, <laughs> which is interesting in itself. But but yeah, the man was out here literally out here stealing, stealing, robbing. Literally to the point where they, ha- like you said, they had to have security for uh, additional security when he played here in Chicago. G, the man was literally considered a threat. <laughs> they had a target mm-hmm. on the man, G, in the United Center. G, shout out to Tony Allen, and proceeded to still mm-hmm. make a career in basketball. G, and I think he played for the Bulls too at a point. So literally, Lord knows what he was doing then. 
So like he kind of was doing what uh, Javar's credit did, but proceeded to make a career. <laughs> he proceeded to have a career, G. Shout out to that, G. Shout out to uh, Tony Allen. But yeah, so that's our list for uh, top game members in NBA history. I was really digging hope to find like some old heads or something like that. Like I wanted to know if like some people from the 80s was legit out here like that or 70s, G. Niggas, like, I know. I'm pretty sure all of them did something, bro. And all them niggas pistols on them on each game just in case a white nigga would. Especially that if you probably was like an Indiana Pacer or something. Literally. You probably had to be one of them Jones on you. <laughs> he had to, G. But yeah, so let's move on to... Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm go- Hold on. Let me go back to another reason Kobe ain't do... He still ain't do nothing about that nigga two-piece in him. Still mm. did nothing about it. Mm. To this day. Mm. Mm. You gotta hold that. You gotta hold that. Yeah, he never did. Like, literally. He, he kind of made up for it by... uh. Trying not to flinch in front of goddamn Mike Barnes, but like I still consider that like a whatever moment. But when it came to getting two piece by Chris Childs, Man, what the fuck is you what talking about? I'm sorry. Oh wait, wrong one. No, wait, it wasn't that one. Hold on, hold on. You know which one I'm looking for. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Wouldn't let that shit happen to me though. Never. Not at all. Never. But anyway, let's move on to uh wrestling to finish this podcast off. So Fast Lane just ended a while ago. And uh, it was decent. Like I said, like I would say, a solid seven point five out of ten. Like it, the matches didn't really keep. Like it was a few matches that kept my attention, but it wasn't a bad pay per view at all. So oh. solid match, uh, solid matches everywhere. Nothing really bad besides um, not, nothing really bad happened. Shit, like uh, I would say, like we didn't even have to talk about that. I would say like the Mandy Rose match literally did nothing for me. Uh. The women's tag team titles. I'm, yo, I'm, 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 look, I'm not about to slander Nia Jax. You know, do your thing. But she need people that can work with her. And that's in a one-on-one setting because tag team matches is legit a snooze fest. So, I um, I, I can't, I can't keep watching her play tag matches, bro. It's, it's getting to that point. Um, who else? Um. I'm trying to see the other matches that did nothing for me. No, I think that's it. Like I did, also, I'm just they could have did without the the Charlotte and Becky feud. Um, just because it's at this point, it's like you should never like burn them in a match. I, you could have did that like on Raw or something. Like and then shut a couple like ten shed ten minutes off this pay per view. I understand you want to keep Becky hot, but I can care less about that match. Um, but that's it. It sucks that that's all the women matches, but hey, they got a chance to do the game. But other than that, I love the pay per view. Other than them three things right there. Uh, what yeah. about your boy, uh, Shane McMahon and the Miz versus the Usos? Uh, I hate Shane McMahon match. I'm glad he turned heel though. Miz was freaking over, over. I'm glad yeah, they let they, him they were in first. Cleveland, so that's his hometown. Yeah, so. exactly. So, uh, also, um. Uh, with the um, <clears throat> with um, the matches itself, the um, like the match itself wasn't bad. Like Shaman Man had a freaking crazy spot of him got darn coast to coast in a Uso from a frog splash. G. that was different. That was dope. Like yeah, that, was that was dope. Really dope. Yeah, that was real dope. 
Yeah, that was that was probably uh one a uh, definitely a top a top Shane McMahon uh spot because that's all he's really good for at this point is spots. <laughs> that's really all he gives us. Man can't punch, and it's very unfortunate that he can't punch. But it is what it is, and we're pretty much finally gonna get the Miz versus Shane McMahon that mania like that we knew we was gonna get. So shout out to that predictability. Um. Yeah, Oscar Manny Rose match was okay. Like I'm happy Oscar won. Shout out to that kick that she hit uh Manny Rose with. Like Manny ate the hell out that motherfucker because like she kicked the hell out of her. And all I'm gonna say is this: <laughs> this is probably was the probably the brightest point of the pay per view. Honestly, one of the brightest points was when Kofi pulled up. Kofi the New Day pulled up on Vince McMahon, told him. Hey, put me in a triple threat. Make this a triple threat match. Took my match from me. Wiped the bam. Vince sent that man out there. Put him in a handicap match against the bar. Come on, G. Stupid. It was stupid, but at the same time, I like. In a way, they're redoing. No, I don't think it was stupid. I was a bad book. I was stupid. That nigga got his ass beat. He did. Uh... Yeah. Yeah, but I also need wrestling Twitter. To stop acting like they're not about to give Kofi this belt at uh, Mania. He's going to get the belt at Mania, G. Yeah. He's going to get his match yeah, against. Like, he's going to get man, his match. Like, and that's what, I'm going to just trash the fans a lot for the rest of this podcast. Like, like the fans are saying, oh, you you, you killed the crowd with with the Kofi coming out here getting beat up. They building sympathy, like, my nigga. Like, with, with how... Uh, this this feud is going. They gotta build sympathy for him. Just be happy that Kofi been in the thing for eleven years, actually getting a shot, my nigga. Exactly. Like, and not like Shelton Benjamin, where they just throw him in a match same, on Raw. He's the same niggas who hated the New Day, they like the New Day, and they hate the New Day, and they hate the then blame the big booking on why they hate him because they win. Like it's stupid, Joe. Like I honestly hate wrestling fans more than I hate any other fans, bro, because they're dumb. Like, people are calling this the WCW levels of pay-per-views, bro. Like, in bad pay-per-views. And I'm like, how? It's literally a, a freaking... It's, it's like a go-home show to Mania home, G. Literally. Like, uh, Half of these things we know is going to be an outcome because we're smart wrestling fans. Having Mustafa Ali in a triple threat match for a championship, you will not see that five years ago. Sure, you probably wouldn't even see that three years ago. And the match was lit. It was a really good match. Having Ricochet over. Like, usually flippy guys in WWE get squashed by niggas like Jack Swagger and Mark Henry. But no, Ricochet over. Alistair Back, song, slap, over. The Revival, everybody's favorite tag team. For they still got the tag team championships and got up here in a triple threat match that wasn't a nut kick. Was legit from them doing a finisher. So, I don't want to hear that, Joe. I don't want to hear none of that. The only thing I dislike is the fact that Shinsuke Nakamura is Yusuf's lackey. That's it. Which confuses the hell out of me, but it is what it is. They, yeah, you got to do something. Exactly. Um, He's on TV. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, at least exactly on TV. Um, but, like, another match that I absolutely love is that tag team match. The chemistry, really, really good. Fast pace, really good. The way that um, Ricochet is like a, a, uh, just every spot he does is amazing. And the Black Mask kick is the best finisher in the 
got in Gartdar Wrestling right now, G. Mm-hmm. It's 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 beautiful. Um, but yeah, I don't know if you want to talk about that match. But yeah, they 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 did what they had to do, bro. Like I hate the, the the freaking fan base of wrestling, bro. I really do, G. And the way niggas are complaining. That's just that's the fan base as a whole, and like. I don't even feel like even slandering them niggas right now because I feel like most people know most people with common sense hold on I'm stupid use your common sense most people with common sense knows that the the, the vocal members that's always negative on, of wrestling community don't know what the hell they're talking about or act like they know what they're talking about but at the same time they act stupid as if we haven't seen Wrestling storylines be almost predictable. It's just the ride there needs to be unpredictable. That's the point of writing in wrestling. We know what's going to happen long term. It's very mm-hmm. rare that we don't get what we are shocked. So deal with it. But yeah, like I would say, like that Ricochet, that Triple Threat Tag Team match was probably one of the best matches of the night. In my mind, it was the best match in the night. Night because mm-hmm. just like everybody came in looking strong even chad gable and bobby Roode had moments and i like how the revival won because it stuck to who they are in a way like that classic ass wrestling tag team as wrestling as tag team which i really like about them that's what really makes them unique in my book but like every everybody in that match looked strong and they had, everybody had their moments and it was a good solid way to keep uh the revival strong because I don't know if Ricochet and Aleister Black going to fight them at Mania. It's looking like it may happen. But at the same time, like if it happens, it looks like it's worth it at the end of the day. Because I don't want to see another multi-man tag team match. I don't. And that's the rumored card. It's going to be a lot of multi-man matches and nobody wants to see that. Nobody does. So WWE, stop. Please. Thank you. But um, let's see. What, was, what else happened? Rival one. Oh yeah, United States for the Fatal Four Way was really good too. That was probably like the third best ma- uh, night of the match in my book. Mm-hmm. And like Samoa Joe once again came out uh, looking strong. Even and like all I'm gonna say is this: Andrade is my boy, and he 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 took some bumps this whole match, G. But I would say this: when that man did a dive off the top rope to the outside, the man flipped. Mid, he well, he barrel rolled mid air. He didn't have to barrel roll, he did it mid air. It looked like he just said, Well, let me add some flair to this. It was fire, G. <laughs> like, if we was playing Devil May Cry, triple S, yeah. super sexy style, my nigga. That's G, but yeah, and uh, shout out to Samoa Joe choked out Ray Mysterio because he snatched that nigga like a child. <laughs> he snatched that, man. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, damn. <laughs> But yeah, like I was kind of mad that match ended because it was a really good match. The worst part was literally uh, our truth rapping. Uh, what did he say? From la di da we like to party. I don't know nothing else. Man, what the I fuck don't. is you talking? I'm sorry, man. Man, oh man, but yeah, and then the women's tag team match. It was whatever. Like I agree. Like, I'm not mad at Nia Jax, but it's also it's just I'm tired of seeing Tamina wrestle. I'm just tired of yeah. it. 
And Shatu said, uh, Nia Jax looked like a heartless. <laughs> that's, that's bogus as hell. But yeah. And then the Mustafa Ali, Kevin Owens, and Dan Bryan match. Woo! That was yeah. a good, that ending was beautiful, G. Beautiful. That was probably the best knee ever, though. Like, that running knee was A1. And then the way that Ali fell, that man just dropped. I was like, damn. Shout out to physics, G. Because mm-hmm. that man dropped. He just dropped. And then the Shield versus the the monthly Baron Corbin uh, stable. It was more entertaining than I thought it was because I just like chaos. It was yeah, a, it's a, a classic Shield match. Yeah, it was a classic Shield match. And literally, it also made Roman look good. It made everybody look good, but it made Roman look good at the end. And just seeing the crowd root for the man right now because we know once that belt gets in his hands this summer, that tide is going to change. But but regardless, like I liked that whole atmosphere of that match was really good. The experience was really good. And I just love chaos. Like Just seeing the fact that there was a point where them niggas just outside the ring just tearing shit up was entertaining, G. Entertaining. So, yeah. So, even though I feel like we're about to see Dean Ambrose betray the Shield again and uh, get Roman versus Dean at Mania just so they can have something to do. Um, so I see that coming a mile away, and but that was the main event. But uh, with the Becky Charlotte thing match, yeah, I really like it was a okay match, but I'm happy Ronda came and ended the way that she did because she per she came out and I was like she's going to attack Becky Lynch so she gets disqualified win so she get her triple threat match, and it fits to what. We get in with Ronda Rousey right now, which is a pure, uncut bitch, which I'm fine with. Well, who she should have been in the first place, which is a perfect segue into, uh, of I didn't know I didn't have Ronda on here. I should have wrote it down that way, but I definitely want to talk about who Ronda Ronda's character change, her heel change. I love it. I love it. Thank you. Thank you. I am. I have no arguments with it, G. Like it allows her to beat ass, even though like it it looks like she's not really acting. But at the same time, I'm cool with it because literally she's acting like a pure raw uncut bitch, and literally just the way she beat up uh Sa- I mean not Sasha. I mean uh Becky Lynch on uh on Monday, and literally came back in the ring, beat her ass was great, great, and told her tweet that shit. Legend, like that was the best thing about uh, about goddamn Ronda since she's been around, and it's almost been a year. Hmm. Yeah, I don't, I don't care. I don't think, I'm not, I'm not dogging the field. It's just like I need Mania to hurry up so stuff can be over. One, I need that belt off Ronda. Two, I need Charlotte and Becky to stay away from each other for about a year, and Good luck then with that. you know. I just miss Emma as well, um, even though she wear boot cut jeans with flats. But I, I... <laughs> hey man, there's some people out here like this with that. We want more. That's probably why she keep doing it. But, but yeah, I hear I you. I don't really like you know. 
the, that match was me. Um, the Shield match, I loved it. There's really no other matches that like that, right? Mm-mm. Nah. So we could talk about the fans and slash Dave Meltzer being like a, just garbage. That's what I really want to get to. Like Dave Meltzer downplaying. I don't care if it was the smallest fan. Like, why do you give a shit? Um, you're trying to find a work. Like, you hate this company that much? Like, cause they don't, they don't really respect your goddamn opinion on their craft, bro. So you hate them that much? You, you, you talk trash about them. Not, you can't find. And then you go to Tokyo, where you probably don't even understand the promos, cause half of them in Japanese, and then give them fast thoughts saying the storytelling is amazing. Just shut up, nigga. What? Like, like I like no. Stop it, y'all. Quit playing. Quit. Robert. I didn't do this stuff, man. Like, like this nigga is, this nigga is legit, legit. Got darn R. Kelly in his wrestling community right now, bro. Niggas pay ten dollars to hear his takes. $10. Literally, ten dollars to hear his takes. Wouldn't let that shit happen to me though. Ten dollars, nigga. Man, ten dollars. Like, Stupid, G. You know, like you call him a POS. I'm trying not to curse and stuff like that, but he's a POS, though. Like, I, it's, it's trash. And just like Steve Kerr saying about Draymond Green, I'm getting fucking tired of Dave Meltzer. Because literally, Draymond, I mean, Steve Kerr said the niggas reading his lips. And it said, it looked like he said, I'm getting fucking tired of Draymond. I'm so tired of Draymond Green. Well, I'm so tired of Draymond. <laughs> I need uh, to find that because I, I, I don't know how I missed that. Go look, it's all over Twitter, but um, but no, uh, I I can't stand it. I, I, it's stupid. The fans are trash, and they want Romans to be a work so they can boo Roman. Nigga, boo him! Like, don't be like, just be, don't be pussy. Like, boo him! If you don't want somebody to ridicule you because you're born a nigga with cancer, so. Nigga, we, we talk about magic all the time. Nigga can die if you catch a cold. So like, <laughs> like, boom. I don't care. Like, nobody is going to, oh, these niggas boom themselves. I know people who laugh at death. Like, real talk. I know people who look at death videos and laugh. Like, niggas don't care. Boom. You know, I, like, I crack Chris Benoit jokes at least. We haven't exactly. done one in a minute. <laughs> Man. I can't, I can't, I, I, I literally can't with these people, bro. I literally can't with these people, bro. Wait, I, I, I can't. I, I, the, the fan base is trash, bro. I know we talk about through both podcasts. Shout out to Dr. the culture. We talk about, like, fan bases and stuff like that. This is probably up there with the worst. Like, they don't, they don't understand. Like, you go to... To any of the big god darn um, wrestling uh, people, and then they just they just trash, dude. Like, what's up? Yeah, no, they just trash. They just trash, bro. You go ahead, Chris. But yeah, so hold on, let me just use this. Hold on, let me just. I didn't Is this camera on me? Yes. So, with that being said, F Dave, Dave Meltzer, G, on the real. Like, it's pure, raw, uncut F that man, G, because this dude 
literally just says stuff and the rest of the community just eats it, G. Any rumor that he comes up with it just most of the time it comes out wrong. And it's like y'all eat what this man says for ten dollars? Ten dollars. G. Y'all don't even give y'all pastors ten dollars, G. And he at least spit some truth to y'all. But you want to get pay ten dollars for Dave Meltzer? I want y'all to think about that, G. Seriously. Stop it, y'all! Quit playing. Quit. I didn't do this stuff. Like literally, I don't do that type of stuff. I don't give ten dollars to that man. So when I hear what he says, I'm like, seriously, bro? No, that makes no sense. Stop it. But for you to literally let come out your mouth that oh Roman said he used chemo pills. Yes. He used chemo pills. He probably didn't want to go through all the, the like people don't understand that sometimes people legit die from chemotherapy itself, like having that stuff injected into you. That stuff can exactly. legit kill you. But that's the that's the cheaper option for a lot of people who who endure with cancer. Not a lot of people survive chemotherapy and all of that. But we gotta remember, and like we said the previous two episodes, the man can afford the most grand of cancer treatments. And for him, his doctors probably say, you know what? We don't want to put you through chemotherapy. You may not be the most effective, especially if you want to go back into your career. Here, take these pills. We'll see how it works. We'll constantly monitor you. They you caught it early. And they caught no, it early. Anything early, you are good, bro. I think it's up for AIDS. Like, it's, it's, as long as it's treatable, you're good if you catch it early. And now, if he came out and said he has stage four and his nose start bleeding out of anywhere, then if he comes back and then he comes back three months later, then of course I'm I'm calling God darn a work too. He caught it early. Exactly. Exactly. And once again, this man is a millionaire star of a billionaire company. He is the face. You think that man is not about to get the greatest freaking medical help he can get? Vince McMahon put money to make sure he's okay. That's his man's. The moment he said, oh, you good? Bring your ass to Raw. Literally. And put him into a match three weeks later. And took bumps on top of it, G. So literally, it shows how early they called it. Yeah, and plus he looks slimmed down. So yeah, he has he it was there, it was very there. But literally for you to come out your mouth and believe that this man was faking it, G, you are really a sad disgrace of a human being. Like literally. Literally. Like just be happy that this man has his life, he has his family, and on top of that, he has God on his side and he wears it with his chest enough where he sat there and said, I probably wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the man, if it wasn't for God. So literally, like put some respect on that, G. Cause people like you, literally, it's disgusting. It is very absolutely disgusting. And Dave Meltzer, you are really a disgusting human being for that, G. Like, literally, that is not cool, G, to really question whether a man had cancer. Like, G, let somebody sit there and question whether or not something's, like, something's uh, really not wrong with my dad. I would literally beat their ass. Might murder them. Like, literally. Like, no. No. Like, come on now, G. Like, and, like, that's why I take it more to heart because, 
Like, it's literally people out here are suffering and can't get the help that they need and all of that. And you want to question because this person came back super quick. Like, maybe Dave Meltzer needs people around him who actually suffered or something like that. I don't know. Maybe it's that white male patriarchy. I don't know what it is. But I don't want this to be a woke podcast. But at the end of the day, Dave Meltzer can really kiss a lot of people's ass right now. And eat a, eat a bowl of baby dicks for a lot of care, G. Because literally, G, you are really the utmost disgusting of human beings, G, for that type of stuff, G. And that's not cool. It's not really cool at all. Because you hate WWE? Okay, cool. Well, well literally, congratulations. You can stand for AEW when they ratings is barely touching freaking New Japan. Now, I don't know what channel New Japan is on. You can literally kick for a show that's probably quality-wise is going to be TNA Part 2. Solely because of what I'm looking at. And who was running the company and is literally following the TNA Impact Wrestling to the T. If you want to stay in that, go ahead. Because I remember I was that person, but I was young and dumb. At least I'm honest about myself. But if you really going to sit and think and look at AEW and think that's going to be the savior of wrestling and compete with WWE in terms of what it brings you in terms of match quality and even storytelling, you are in for a hell of a ride. Because guess who are the people writing your stories and, uh, and trying to build up these matches? Goddamn the Young Bucks. Let that sit in. Nah, nah, nah. It's that the the, the it's which will literally be the probably the worst thing ever. It's it's um this it's uh they got creative freedom. The wrestlers have creative freedom. Mm. Okay. Yep. It's, it's, that means it's, that that entire team they're gonna be like you. I want to go. I'm mad at you. You mad at me? Go against each other. Three times out of the month. They don't have a TV deal yet, so they probably doing some of my shows. So. Oh, oh brother. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa now. You got too much dip on your chip. That's what it's going to lead huh. to. That's what it's going to lead to. The mugs going to think they're going to have too much dip on their chip. Like, yeah, no. But regardless, I, I know that regardless, it has to flow through the Young Bucks. Because I know they're they're over the writing and all of that. Like, the the head producers or whatever. So, it still has to go through them. Like, yeah, you have creative freedom, but it has to go through them and Cody Rhodes and Kenny Omega. So, uh, yeah, it's not going to work out that way, especially if you think you're about to go against them for the belt and win clean. Ha <laughs> ha. Ha ha ha. Oh, brother. Ho, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Now, you got too much dip on your chip. They're going to a lot of those dudes who think they got creative freedom is going to hear that a lot. A lot. You got to hold that. So, they still have a lot to prove. Like, people want to say they're going to compete with WWE immediately. You have to wake up from that lucid dream you're having because it's not going to happen. Talk to me when you're beating streams of Impact. Because Impact is still doing really well. From what I watch for Impact, they are still surviving. And I'm seeing some quality matches. Storytelling, I can't really jump into unless I watch consistently. But what I'm seeing is, is quality. It's quality. Ring of Honor is still a threat no matter what. And on top of it, New Japan is still number two. And I don't know what they say. I don't even know what they're saying. But you still, but like most of the talent would pick New Japan over uh, AEW with common sense. It's just the fact you don't want to go to Japan. I might go to AEW. 
I don't want to go to Impact because I don't know how the, how the check's looking. But at the same time, if I'm going to AEW, they don't even got a really a payroll yet. Mm-hmm. I don't know what environment they work in. They're not about to sell out big arenas. Talk to me when you sell out Rosemont. Talk to me then. And when I say sell out Rosemont, I mean a full goddamn house. Like, literally, they might not even be able to fill out that damn uh, arena that they have for DePaul, for the women's team, G. And that's a small arena, by the way. So, no. Talk to me when y'all doing big things, G. That's when I know you're in competition. Because all y'all got is hype. And hype can easily die. And that's all I got to say in regards to that. I completely agree with Yep. So That's all I got to say. But yeah, so that's in the episode of that note. We appreciate you guys for listening. Uh, make sure you follow the uh, Twitter page at Threes from the Ring. Uh, definitely uh, tweeting more. We're gonna. Uh, my plan is to. Uh, I want to do something. I forgot what it was. But pretty much come around playoff time. We're gonna use that page to like live tweet some playoff games and stuff as well instead of just using my page to live tweet off of it. So, uh, just to get more tweets flowing through that, uh, page, but, uh, please follow that page for definitely like our playoff content and all of that. And also even like for, uh, wrestling as well. Like, I feel like we need to start live tweeting off wrestling as well with that page, but we appreciate you guys dearly for listening. Oh yeah. Uh, I meant to something before we, uh, totally leave, but, uh, it's rumored that, uh, Brock Lesnar may sign another short term deal solely because, um, Dana White's not sure when he's going to have his match with uh, our boy. Uh, God damn, what's his name? Daniel? If he have a match Daniel? Yeah, yeah, they're not sure when that's going to happen. So there's a possibility that uh, he may get a short-term deal. So that's what I'm hearing. That's the, in the rumor circuit. But it is what it is with that because I know they got to get that belt off Brock immediately. But anyway, so, uh, but yeah. So appreciate you guys for listening and uh, peace. Auf Wiedersehen.